I'm Maurice McDavid, host of Black, Brown, and Bilingue, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We're bringing you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Christy Hemingway. And in my years of hosting and producing the Ed Kirshen podcast, I can't even count the number of times that my guest has said something along the lines of this. I didn't take the traditional route to education. It's been interesting to discover that so many leaders, researchers, trendsetters, and innovators didn't set out to be educators. And yet here they are, reshaping learning in amazing ways. Our guest today, Don Lamison, is one of those leaders. That was him. Don has taught high school in both the U.S. and throughout Indonesia. I met my wife in um, MBA school, and when she grew up in Jakarta in a small neighborhood called Mangadua, that's what brought me into education. We were living in Jakarta for a year, took leave absence from a job and, and teaching. And that's when I, I really fell in love with it, but also really started the idea of starting a company or taking that step was, was gigantic. The city of Jakarta is immense, maybe the second biggest metropolitan area on earth. The majority of the city is, is very, very diverse socioeconomically. The neighborhoods of 40% of the city here in 2023 still doesn't have running water. So the school system is not much. So there's a, a web of private schools to try and make up the difference. And there's just a lot of need. I gathered some friends and we, over a few years, I have some incredible friends who are involved in some sustainability projects, some here and some in the EU. And we looked into maybe doing a sustainability project, maybe doing something, uh, a funded project, whether it was maybe water treatment, smokestack scrubber, different things that they were doing. Why not partner with universities in Jakarta and do it there where it's really needed, where something we can really, you know, a budding democracy, this amazing place that... and. We were working on that and then got into education sideways. Don and his partners ended up founding the Urban Green Education Project, a nonprofit with the mission of revolutionizing the international educational market, empowering students and teachers at K-12 schools across Indonesia and beyond. Don currently serves as CEO and the Director of Operations and Development for Urban Green Education. And it's important to stress as we get into this conversation that whenever sharing about his work in Indonesia, Don is highly conscious of white savior complex and issues of colonialism, neo-colonialism, corruption and capitalism, and the reasons why Indonesia is the way it is. He truly believes that they simply deserve better. And because those issues are not the focus of our discussion on this episode, Dawn extends an invitation to anyone who would like to know or discuss those further. And you can find all those contact links in the episode notes. For today's discussion, we wanted to learn more about how Dawn and his team revolutionized learning and specifically the tools that they are using to do so. 
the name of our, our company, and because we started in sustainability, is Urban Green Education. And I like to call it a project more than a company. We dabble in a little bit of everything from um, curriculum to starting schools to operation of schools. But we, one of the things that's at the core of what we do is, is blended learning. About five years ago, we started something we call Green Study. And you can find us at just greenstudy.org. And our vision was to start a learning community. I happen to have these, uh, a lot of lifelong, amazing relationships with a lot of people who are a lot smarter than me. People that have risen uh, really high up into universities, uh, educational companies, and people that I really admired. So I like to say what we do is we take the power of technology, but also the power of community. And, and we leverage those two things and, and blend them together to solve small problems at schools that will blend into big solutions. But probably um, our, the thing that is most exciting now that's making the biggest difference is the move towards digital with these schools. Don and I enjoyed a lengthy discussion about digital and blended learning, and it's important to notice that the Urban Green study, unlike a lot of digital learning, is very teacher and relationship-centric. From the very first day we started this, it was, what can we do for teachers? And I, I just did, and I think the pandemic taught us this, that there's, um, at the core of any great school, are great teachers. And there is nothing more valuable than the time students spend with each other and, and with a great teacher. And that drives everything we do. So you're equipping a, a lot of the schools. So how does that process work? Give us an example of kind of a start to finish. First of all, um, at the core of this is service. We want to create something lasting and impactful. When we ask ourselves, what is the difference between a rich school and a poor school, okay? What is the difference? Say we're considering a school in central Java, maybe in a city called Solo, a big city, but in the middle of a uh, big island, you know, not, not much money. And we're comparing it to say a, a beautiful school in Seattle, Washington, or Tampa, Florida, or Chicago, you know, suburban school. So parents love their kids just as much. The students, kids are kids all over the world. So the kids are the same, parents are the same. So is it the teachers? Well, no, it's not. Their teachers are college educated. They're also overworked and underpaid. So like, what's the difference? The difference really comes down to materials. When I say materials, I mean textbooks, I mean videos, I mean everything you use to teach. And curriculum, meaning curriculum standards-based that works, that, that can be built, that can be done. And also here's the kicker. You need something local. You need something that's flexible. So that is what they need. And um, in the past, it's just, you just can't do it. Don's mission became equipping schools with quality resources, which is actually our mission here at Ed Curation as well. He started out by calling on his contacts, the engineering school at the University of South Florida, who got him an audience with Florida Virtual School so he could learn from leaders in the field of digital and blended learning. Florida Virtual School, if you don't know about them, they were the first. They were the state of Florida 
was the very first to really build a full K through 12 digital platform. We usually think of it as, you know, asynchronous learning, kids are out of school, kids just want to go online, but it is so much more than that because it's digitizing everything, you know, and it's right there. Don and his team learned that the first step in equipping schools to go digital is to find a high-quality learning management system, referred to in the industry as an LMS. The Urban Green Education Project partners with the company Agilix Labs using their Buzz LMS because... To me, it is the best LMS on the market for, for a lot of reasons. One, the openness and simplicity of it, and two, the incredibly complex things you can do with it, especially when you get into um, standards-based or objectives-based learning. It's just, to me, it's magical, and it's so easy to use. The biggest thing about Agilix Buzz is it'll run in many, many different languages, just about anything you can think of. We use it in Cambodia. You can set it up in all Khmer. We set use it in Indonesian all Indonesian, or you can toggle so a student can push a button and it just blinks into a different language. So that, and, and it's so easy to use and it's so friendly that we have kindergarten kids use it and what it can do back and forth, how you can turn stuff in, how you can present stuff, how you can use it, how you can access it. It's just so easy. It works on such a small bandwidth. It's just, it's just this magical product and it's affordable. After establishing a high-quality LMS, the second phase of Urban Green Education's work with schools is content or curriculum. At EdCuration, we well know that the typical problem in the U.S. is that teachers are inundated with options in this arena, and sorting through them to find the best fit in all ways is our very reason for being. But in other parts of the world, the opposite problem is true. So getting connected with any quality resources is what Urban Green Education is about. And we were super interested to hear why Don and his team partner with Lincoln Learning Solutions for their curriculum. So Lincoln Learning, think of them as a provider of materials, you know, courses, curriculum, okay? And oh, okay. So in, in terms of K-12, they have all curriculum, for all mm -hmm. content areas, yeah. all grade levels, K-12. But standards-based, and you can yeah. break it down, and it is it is absolutely spectacular. I don't think anybody else can match them as far as the quality of what they have. So they have, say, I don't know, close to 200 classes from pre-K all the way up to grade 12. Anything you can imagine, algebra, geometry, music, PE, everything. Here's what separates them. Let's get back to you're a school and say, pick a country and you're trying to run a school and you have no textbooks, no materials, no nothing. Okay. So, but what you do have, you're in an urban area and Wi-Fi is cheap and we can get you Wi-Fi and we can get your kids refurbished Chromebooks for 50 bucks. We can, we can get you that. And we can, if the kids don't have internet at home or can't get it, we can give you this little disc, you know, it's super cheap. So here's the magic of Lincoln. Here's what they've done that uh, no one else has done and makes them incredibly unique. I mean, start with the best there is, okay? Then what, and imagine taking every single class, like starting with, you know, geometry or algebra or American history, anything, you name it. 
okay? Taking every, taking the digital textbook and breaking it up into tiny sections, not chapters, but tiny nuggets, sections, and then taking every video, every worksheet, chopping them all up into individual nuggets that they call learning objects, and then taking that and tying it digitally to the standard you want, the, the digital standards, okay? And then putting it all in a search engine. So suddenly you can, you have this magical search engine where you can type, say you're teaching physics and you want to say, you can type in three types of um, friction and I want to see videos and I want to see high school level and then boom, right there. And it's like shopping. You just pick it and you pull it down into your class. That's like a teacher's dream. Not just the core resource, but like the supplemental videos and illustrations and examples and paired texts for whatever they're doing. To be able to just search for that and have it at your fingertips is amazing. It's magical. And you can look by standard or you could look by grade, or you could look by subject, or any combination, or type. You can do, like they call it a watch it or that. And, and so there is a school outside Jakarta. It's called Mutiara Harapan. Um, and they have decided to go digital. And it's, if I, I wish I could take you there. It's just this really cool place. So and I'm ready. Suddenly, I'll, pack. I'll go pack right now. Right, hey, well, let's go. And if we're going that far, we we you you need to you need to spend a couple of days in Bali. It's an hour flight, and so. But um, so think of this: they these kids now don't just have the um, don't just have um, one chemistry textbook. The teacher has the ability to use any. It's just they now have the materials they have, and then. This naturally blends into strategies of flipping and different things, but it is it is truly magical. And here's the thing. It's at the teacher's fingertips. This is on the teacher level, every teacher. And, in, in, and then you get into Buzz, the great LMS. You can, every teacher, when they want to add something, they just click a button and they can either which I call it a suitcase. It looks like a suitcase. Open up and see every Lincoln um, class, everyone. And so say they're a geometry teacher and they know a subject they want. They can go, they can, first of all, they can download the, um, the uh, syllabus, not the syllabus, the, um, the curriculum for the class, the, um, oh, I'm sorry. But um, they, can, they can download the pacing guide and see where everything is, the map. Um, and uh, they can pick and choose and go pull it from there or build their class from there. Or they can go back and use the search engine. But what you can do is you can, so whether you're an existing school, you may be Cambridge, IB, or a certain local, this, that, and the other, you don't need to change anything. This is just on top. So you can, we can start from scratch. But we can build it to fit their needs instead of just taking a prepackaged American class. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just kind of exploded. You could say in 24 hours, technically, we could make a school academically equivalent or at least the potential to any of the best schools in the world. It's, it's a great equalizer. It's truly 
the democratization of um, education. It's access. It's access and opportunity. You had a lot of options, right? And mm-hmm. you settled on Lincoln Learning, and you've talked about a couple of the differentiators. But why? Why was that your choice? Why is that where you ended up? There's so many companies available now there, but no one has the the flexibility Lincoln does. It's just a magical product. And then on top of that, to make something work, there is a human side because every school is different. Everything is different from time changes to IT problems to, to all the different things. And everyone Maybe I shouldn't say this, but, you know, I've talked to those people in the middle of the night. They're educational engineers, is what I call them. They're really problem solvers. They don't, it's not just buy something and you're done. It's it's constant. What can we do for you? What can we, how can we train you? How can we teach you? How can we make this work? How is it working? So they're just, they're just different. I look at teachers as artists. I really do. Because if you're trying to paint a picture, right? You know, if you only have three colors and one paintbrush, hard to be exact. And as a teacher, if you're trying to teach with three colors and one paintbrush, well, what we think, you know, what I'm trying to do is I'd like to give you, you know, thousands of colors and and thousands of brushes, you know, right at your fingertips. And everything we do is really just about serving the teacher. So comprehensive curriculum, it's being used worldwide. Say there's a an educator, teacher, administrator listening and wondering what would Lincoln look like in their school. When the schools that are using Lincoln, is that typically all they need? Could be. Could be. We we have schools that have done just totally, you know, if they're if they're over there, if they're a private school and they want to be they want an American system or they want to run a British system or an IB or something like that, then they can, they can use this and then supplement it. Or they can, they can go back and forth. I'm a huge believer in collaborative education. What you want in a classroom is it just extreme, you know, you want debate and student-led, you know, Socratic seminars and, and you know, them work. You just want it alive. So one of the things we preach is using technology to get technology out of the classroom. And it sounds counterintuitive, but use technology to technology out of the classroom because that time is precious. How can we go in and give teachers more time? More time, less paperwork, less grading. These are all things that great LMS can do, you know, the grading, the organization, the planning, you know, the linking, the standards, the reports you need to print out, you know. But then how can we give them? The ability to, I mean, as simple as a 10-minute video for homework. So when, when you walk into class, you do the pre-work, you, you can start at a much higher level. And today the subject were, were tools and, you know, a great LMS and a great content provider, Buzz and Lincoln Learning Solutions, especially their, their content library. Their digital content library is just so cool. So, Don, do you have kind of a favorite success story from one of the schools that you've worked with in regards to how Lincoln Learning has changed what happens in their classroom or the outcomes that they're seeing from students? I do. I'd have to say um, there is a, a Catholic school called Regina Passas, and it's in a central Java 
there's a thousand kids. It is a really elite school. But again, they teach in English whenever they, as much as they can. And they want to move to English. But when you go in their library, maybe 20 books. So no, no real materials, no real anything. And we, we started with them three years ago, four years ago talking. And over the past three years, we went to a pilot program of 25. And then last year, 20, uh, 270. And then this year, we teach an English class of all thousand students. So we teach, we actually have U.S. teachers that get on and we, we teach them. But we use Buzz and we use Lincoln Learning. It did a couple things. It, it just gave them the ability to have just awesome materials for every class. Every teacher now, whether they're teaching physics or whether they're teaching this or that. But specifically the English class, what happened is the kids, so many of the kids really blossomed and wanted to do other things. For instance, about two months in, we, on the syllabus, we would read two books first semester and two books second semester. And they wanted it as much of a U.S. class as possible. So, well, if it's an American English class, let's do a little bit of Shakespeare in the last semester. Well, the kids saw that and wanted it. So we, we started a separate Shakespeare class that they met in, in the evenings, our mornings. And then that blossomed into a public speaking class with speech and debate. And then we hooked them up with a U.S. class. And then it just kept going. And one of the things we do too is we, we use what we call sister schools because that is just connecting administrators, connecting teachers, connecting students, connecting clubs, absolutely free. We've only talked about maybe 2% of what the Lincoln materials can do and what Buzz can do with its language and they just a perfect marriage. How many schools are you working with? Right now we're touching about 10,000 students. Okay. But we'll probably triple that next year. We have pilot programs going on with some very big organizations, like the group of Catholic schools we work with. We're only working with a few now, but there's 80 schools in the group. And then there's a group of schools that have another 70, 80. And then so it's something that's really growing. Are you talking specifically about Indonesia? Indonesia. I'm sorry. Indonesia. Yeah. 90% of what we do is in Indonesia right now. But you are working in other parts of the world, it sounds like, as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. We're we're just about, we're in South America now, we're doing some things in Brazil, and we're doing some things in Colombia and Venezuela, here and there. There's a lot of places in this world where they're, the public schools are, or even the private schools are, they're never going to match what the, the parents want for their children. There's a lot of teachers, but with the public schools, there's absolutely no way you can even earn a living if you really want to teach. Well, as you know, or you may know, in, in Asia, the after-school market is gigantic. It's almost like mandatory. Jakarta has more malls than anywhere else in the world. And you'll go in a mall and you'll see all the coffee shops. You'll see, you might start with meeting with a small group of kids. You might meet the teacher, a young teacher might meet at their apartment, at the student's apartment, coffee shops. When they get enough students, they might get some space and build a study center. But their problem is, is they have no capital and, and what are they gonna do for materials? Well, we have a program where we can pay for them to have their own Buzz accounts. You can brand it to where, so 
they can come up with the name of their academy or whatever they want it is. They get their URL to get, and they have no capital outlay. We teach them how to use it. We show them how to use it. We train them. They know how to do it. They can, uh, if they want to add the Lincoln materials or if they just want to build their own, there's different options. And then when a student wants to come enter them, the student will pay us a really small amount mm -hmm. and then they're good for a year. They're licensed for a year. We take care of everything. And so they still haven't paid anything to us and they're free to whatever they get from the parents or their business. And we have, we have some with a couple thousand kids. Now we have some with 10 kids. We have, we have these little, these little pockets of education and English and whatever going on all over the place. People worry about the future and I don't. Maybe you too. Because if you've got a young person in the house, I, I just, I, I'm telling you, I, I believe, I believe in the next generation. Yeah, I do too. I mean, unfortunately in this world, if you want to affect change, if you want to make a difference, if you want to, it's still an education, a formal education is still a ticket. What started off as just helping a few schools, you know, evolved into something I never imagined. Don concluded our conversation with three quotes that have guided his and his team's work over the years. The first was from Kofi Annan. Education is a human right with the immense power to transform. And then it, he said on its foundation is the rest, the cornerstone of freedom, democracy, and sustainable human development. That started us off. And then Probably the one that everyone's heard of is Nelson Mandela, that education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. And then once we got started, are you familiar with Margaret Mead? Yeah, oh yeah. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. And it's the only thing that ever has. Everything's been built on relationships. I'm just a big believer in that what makes a company different are, are the people. And again, at Lincoln, you know, like I said, if I could name drop one more time, Kathy Sermonara and uh, Dr. Rachel Book, just good eggs. When you have just good people in positions of power, that's that's where you can really you can really do stuff. I would encourage anybody that's interested in in digital. That's a great place to start a conversation with them. I'm obsessed with the need for immediacy. I mean, these kids need this today. They need it today. You can learn more about Lincoln Learning Solutions, the Urban Green Education Project, and all of its programs and opportunities, Don Lamison and his team, and Ed Curation through the links in the episode notes. We thank you for joining us. If you have a topic, tool, or resource that you'd like to share with the Ed Curation audience, please reach out to us in the comments or through our website. We hope you'll tune in again for the next episode of Reshaping Learning with the Ed Curation Podcast. <music>